The following content will not be seen dancing on a street corner with Michael K. Williams. Start the show. No. Did you see it? That uh, Michael K. I, Michael K. Williams, and this is kind of made the rounds because it's just kind of so randomly incredible. Um, Michael K. Williams was just randomly on street corner, uh, dancing to some house music, and dancing his ass off too. Yeah, with some sweats on and a little and a little button down, just on a random street corner okay. in New York somewhere, just getting down. With some, with, with some other people looked like they was all looked like they was doing some capoeira type shit. That's some New York shit, by the way. <laughs> that, that's that that's one thing that I do like about New York is that people like, especially people who are celebrity types from New York, can just do some New York shit like that, and people will fall right in and not even be starstruck by the shit. It's just like that's some New York shit. Well, you know, just like just like there was that story a long time ago where somebody saw Andre three thousand somewhere in Brooklyn mm-hmm. just playing the flute. Yeah, <laughs> just like that was normal. That's what that nigga does in in overalls. Niggas plus information plus alcohol equals opinions while black. Your black your black ass cheat sheet for the weekend foolishness and fuckery. I am your boy Oz, and I voted this week. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Got that shit out the way. In fact, here it is. Michael K. Williams. Shit, he's looking like somebody's West Indian uncle. (laughs) He is getting it. (laughs) He is breaking a real sweat. Hell yeah. Damn, okay. (laughs) He is dead ass breaking a sweat. Yeah. Oh yeah, he getting it, and and his dance partner has a mask on. I just want to put that out there. He does not. But his he, dance he, partner he, has he a did mask not. On. Good for him. Wow. Um, yeah, man. It is episode one eleven. One eleven. One one one. Yeah, man. How was your week, bro? It was. Uh, it was. It was a decent week. I had to. Um, had to return to the workplace. Okay. Um, okay. It's a different. It's it's an interesting world out there. Uh, not the world that I left seven months ago, and um, you know, the good thing is everybody on my team. Let me let me wait, let me let me make sure. Yeah, everybody on my team has been taking care of themselves. Okay. Um, you know, we the good thing is we stay in touch daily, and I'm I'm kind of a a voyeur in the sense that I do keep up with people's shit and kind of keep tabs on what on what's going on. So. Uh, we're you know, it, it's good. I am, but because of it, I'm getting tested every other week voluntarily because, you know, I'm not taking I'm not taking too many chances. Um, and you're also taking taking showers whenever you damn well feel. Look, like. man, <laughs> when I goddamn <laughs> please, yeah. Um, I'm not gonna go too much into it because I don't put mar- <laughs> I don't put married people's business out there. But it, I can say that in two years of doing this show, it is the first static I've ever seen between Randall and his <laughs> wife 
about yeah. about his level of cleanliness when he comes in the house. Well, specifically in the in the COVID era, because um, she she uh, today as we're recording this, as a matter of fact, she went back to the to the workplace for the first time in seven months as well, and she gave me the mandate the other day, like now that both of us are going back to work, the moment you step. And of course, I'm making it sound a lot meaner than it real was. It really was, but she's not here to defend herself. You know, you will as soon as you walk in this house take a hot shower. She had to, she had to dictate the temperature of the shower. You will take a hot shower and immediately launder your clothing when you walk into this house from now on. Now, granted. You know, even even in the few days where you know I was I was working from work, um, as soon as I come home, like I do I do immediately change clothes. That's that's one thing that I do do, sure, and and, sure. I, and I do I do clean myself off, and I usually because yeah. I'm I'm usually in the habit of showering before I go to bed because that's that's part of my relaxation routine and all that. Um, you know, mind you, for me though, like yeah, I, I, I'm I'm gonna take a shower when I get home. Like, but you know, it's just that that energy. Just wanted to make sure she's not standing behind me. You know, I would not set you up like that. What was was great about it? Yes, I am keeping my voice down, not to to get this man fucked up. Yeah, man, don't make this shit hot. But the funniest part about it was that Randall definitely, I can say, definitely comes from an institution of happy wife, happy life. And mm-hmm. not to not to not to not to say that his wife has ever come across difficult in any way. Mm. Um, she's actually very welcoming and very sweet and very go with the flow. Um, but just how the tone changed when she brought it up, I had never heard this out of Randall. He just goes, "I shower when I damn well please." <laughs> you heard that extra bass in the voice. <laughs> Showing off for your little friends. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, oh, that was wonderful. That was wonderful. I have to say, it, this is one of the few couples that makes me that that makes me feel that actually makes me feel like marriage might not be a complete fucking Ponzi scheme, like I think it is. Um, In conclusion, I'll be sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> Uh, oh shit! So we we could take our time recording this. <laughs> uh, oh man! So uh, flowers this week. We're gonna give flowers to Afua Richardson. Yo, let me let me. Uh, well-known DC Comics artist Afua Richardson. I know her from DC Comics at least. Black uh, woman. Um, because the black woman is God. Um, uh, she was uh, uh, well one because she got name dropped on the season finale of Lovecraft Country but I didn't know up until that moment I didn't know that she had been working on the show right in like a I guess in like a creative director Mm -hmm. uh, capacity and I didn't it didn't hit me until there was a scene where there was that scene where um, uh, Hippolyta shows D this comic that she drew mm-hmm. um this little afrofuturism comic and i recognize that artwork yeah because i'm i'm very familiar with her artwork she she does terrific stuff 
think she worked on Black Panther at one point. She did. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I just, I definitely remembered her from reviewing uh, All Star Batman at one point. But um, I think I, I, I think that's great. And they had this this name drop. It's like I went to the future and uh, met an artist named Afua. Who taught me how to? Who who taught me art so I could teach it to you? And I don't know if I texted you. I, I texted someone like you as did. soon as soon as I as soon as I saw that, and I was like, "There's only one artist named Afua." And I, yeah. and, I, and I immediately went to her Instagram because I follow her on Instagram, and you know she was just she was just beaming was on Instagram. I was shit. like, "Yo, this is." And I I never I never comment on people's posts that I don't know personally. Right. And I hit up a fool of Richardson. I was like, "Yo, that's so dope! Congrats!" Like the because what y'all don't understand is that's not just a passing line. Like that was actually right. written into the script with intention. And I was just like, "That is dope." That's canon. Like yeah, like she's part of <laughs> like like no matter how far this this show goes past uh, season one. That is canon. Yeah, she is now in. She is now a part of the Lovecraft Country cinematic universe. That's dope, man. That's wonderful. Um, and they pulled it off, and it didn't come across corny. Mm-hmm. Uh, some writers make that corny. Looking at you, Stephen King, in, in the Dark Tower. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm. I'm. Black women are out here. Yes. Black women are out here. Um, we we are, we as a whole are the culture, but. Black women definitely move the needle significantly in the culture. Yes. Uh, so definitely shout out to her. Shout out, what a what a great season finale. I know some of the I know some of the nitpickers uh, had some issues with it, and there were some people where I feel like they we were just watching a different show. But that was a wonderful season finale. I really enjoyed that. I really did. Yeah. I, at the end of the day, I was entertained the whole time. Yeah. I think it I think it was a perfect it was a perfect way to cap off the season. Um it it tied everything together. Right? Yep. Um there was a resolution. And the thing I like about it also is that and and this this reference this is in reference to the question that we received last week about whether or not there should be another season. If they choose to leave it at this season, I'm perfectly fine with that. I would be 100% satisfied. 100. Yeah. yeah. And somebody on my and somebody on my on my social media had a complaint. And they were kind of like, I mean, I'm kind of tired of these one and done, that that when we get good material, it's this one and done thing. Honestly, I think all material, all content <clears throat> in that format in America should be moving towards that. Because you yeah. know who you know who does this real well? BBC. Yes. BBC will BBC will have no problem hitting you with a with a three episode <laughs> a three episode season. season of yeah, I was gonna say Luther. Uh, Sherlock is good for that. Yep. Sherlock, I mean Sherlock will give you basically a movie in every episode, yep. but it'd be like four episodes. You know, six episodes is a long season. You're like, dang. And the only reason that we've become so accustomed to these long seasons, and I know because I just got through catching up on Blacklist, which is 22 episodes a season. I, I burned through three seasons in like a week and a half. Um, so, the only and the only reason those seasons are that long is for advertisers. Right. And more and more, 
and this is one. This was one of the complaints about the Marvel Netflix shows is mm-hmm. that maybe they were too long. They, were, I felt like they were each three episodes too long. Right, and it, it, and the complaint there was that now that we're moving into these streaming services mm-hmm. that mostly seem to run on their own steam, mm-hmm. we don't. It kind of it, the the whole allure of streaming and kind of streaming at home is that it eliminates. All the advertisements. Right. And so you, when you don't have advertisers that make you have to stretch this shit out, get in and tell your story and get out. Tell your shit in 10 episodes and make it a make it a complete story. And uh, Lovecraft Country definitely did. Definitely did. It, it reminds me of, um, I mean, obviously Watchmen is, is a more immediate example. But for something that's a similar, I mean, a different genre... Um, Big Little Lies, or is it Little Big Lies? Big, big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. Um, even though it, even though they eventually went to a second season, they could have stopped at the first season. They covered the book in that first season, and it was and it would have been perfectly fine. And I I think people have to understand the the benefit of having like a closed ending to something. We don't want any more True Bloods, y'all. We, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we don't want any more true blood. See, that's what that's what happens when y'all say shit like, "Yeah, you know, I hate when they only give us like one season of this." True Blood's first three seasons, I was like, "Yeah." Anything after season five, yeah, I'm he, I'm good. He went longer than me. Yeah, once they hit season three, I think I got three up, two or three episodes into season three when they were like, "Where the fuck is uh." Sookie Stackhouse. Sookie. And I, I, I was uninterested after that. When they, the land of the fairies and all that shit. Yeah. I didn't want to see that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, well, she's I'm a fairy. Yeah, like, I, I was oh. done with all that shit. Okay. Um, and, you know, even this, Supernatural. Sorry. I know. I know. I know. You, you know I got my back to the door, man. I can't. Supernatural's gone for like 11 seasons. 13 seasons. 13 seasons. My God. This is the last one. And... Now, I, now again, I like the mythos. My mother likes the mythos. Clearly, Randall's wife likes the mythos. That's why we're keeping our voices down. Because um, I don't want them problems. <laughs> but, you know, I think... I, I remember watching the first, like, five seasons or something. I remember that was... They had the season where they kind of ended things and they moved to another network, maybe. And no, they moved to another network. The C the WB became CW, mm-hmm. and they switched writers and they switched showrunners, Possibly. and it kind of turned into a whole other show almost, yeah. which wasn't bad, but it definitely at first it kind of alienated the original fans, and so you when you get too far outside of the story you want to tell, yep, that's when things start to go awry. I've always argued that Buffy that Buffy the Vampire Slayer should have ended after high school. After that high school graduation, that was the perfect place to end it. That's when the story that I think Joss Whedon was really trying to tell ended. Because hmm. it got a little wacky and he went to college and she had to fight some army Frankenstein underneath the co- underneath the college and some shit. She had this corny, this cornball-ass boyfriend that was, a, that was like a secret paramilitary, some bullshit. Anyway... They got in, they told a good story, and they got the fuck out. Yep. And 
I would rather it stay there than taint what is already great about this show. Correct. Um, because that's when you have to start. That's when you have to start to filling a story that doesn't need more story. Because you because you got signed for three more seasons. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm good with that. Shout out to Misha Green. Shout out to Shannon. Shout out to Afua Richardson. Shout out to the, that whole uh, creative team. Um, I would like to see more from them and other things down the road. If mm-hmm. we get a season two, wonderful. I'll never stop wanting to look at Janae Smollett. Um, that's that. Mm. Yeah. Um, having said that, humans ain't shit. Oh, why is it? <sighs> Y'all, leave Jamel Hill alone. <laughs> My God. Now, I had to inform Randall about this one. Uh, so, Jamel Hill got on Twitter. I don't know what it, what, what it is about her that incenses people so uh, when she says things. But she got on Twitter and she, she tweeted something that I kind of... Do, do is that the tweet? Yeah. Go ahead. It says, I have increasingly found that black men just want better access to patriarchy. They don't actually want it dismantled. I don't see any problem with that. Um, with that statement, in any form of oppression, mm-hmm. you will have you will have people that will fight tooth and nail to see that form of oppression not be dismantled. That will fight because they have found status within that system. They they're holding on to whatever privilege they they still have. It's the Matrix. It's the Matrix yeah. when Morpheus explains that until we dismantle this system, anybody you meet in the Matrix can't has the capacity to be an agent. Mm-hmm. Um, not every mind is ready to be freed. Not every mind is willing to be freed. Right. Even one of the freed minds in the Matrix was fighting tooth and nail to betray his whole crew to get back into the Matrix. <laughs> Having said that, any form of oppression is going to have people that will latch on to it yep. to the oppressed people's detriment. That includes patriarchy. That includes black men. We should not think for some reason that black men are just magically excluded from that. I don't uh, believe that. It, it, and, and we often fail to, again, recognize our own privilege that we have even in our own circles and, and a lot of the attention does fall on us because you know in, in the popular headlines we you know we're the ones um most often being seen you know victimized at the hand of at the hands of the state in some shape form or fashion um and and black women typically go largely largely ignored compared to black men um, now now with all this said when this hit the internet, do you think that black men stepped up like stand-up guys to prove Jamel Hill wrong in a constructive manner? Nope. Hell no. Because this is the internet. What good would that do? They dragged Jamel... Niggas lost their motherfucking minds. And they dragged Jamel Hill up and down the town square. And not only after dragging her on her own tweet, they then had to go the extra mile and come up with a hashtag called, a satirical hashtag called Blame Black Men. 
which basically was a wine fest. I'm glad I didn't see that shit. About how these niggas feel like black men get blamed for literally everything. <laughs> what kills me about this is, do you niggas, do you niggas do this in your house? I always, whenever people do a thing on the internet, I always say because in my head, the internet now so with social media and everything we have. Um, that gives us access, uh, immediate accessibility to each other. Mm. I consider the internet a microcosm of real life. Mm. Having said that, the way people act on the internet, I always say is the way people either act or want to act in real life. Do you do this shit in real life when your woman comes to you and says, "Now, for example, I don't, I don't mean to drag Randall's situation." No, let's go because I was about to. <laughs> Randall's wife came in here. We all had a healthy, we all had a good healthy talk about what it's like out there in the world in the COVID era. Not they have to go back to work, um, and they brought up the thing about uh, Randall taking a shower, uh, taking a shower, and changing clothes when he gets home. Now I made a joke about Randall getting some bass in his voice about he, he a grown ass <laughs> man. But at the end of the day, did he get up? Did he did he get up and go outside and shut the door? And they get into a shouting and get into a shouting match with his wife about taking a fucking shower? No. No. Even in even him even in his frustration and getting the bass in his voice, <laughs> there was still a lightheartedness to it, where he genuine where he genuinely unpacked and we, this was a part of talk. Mm-hmm. He unpacked why she felt that way. Mm-hmm. They unpacked their differences in how they were kind of handling this pandemic mentally, right? And came to a consensus is that we're we're gonna we're gonna agree to disagree, but we're not gonna make it a huge thing, right? And 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 at the bottom line, we both agree, and we both agree that being safe is 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 everyone's concern, and and should be. Um, and I, and I, and I think that my my friend Jessica from Curly Nerd, um, she and I talk about this. What all up, the time. Jess? Um, a, a lot of this is a reflection of of how men treat the women in their family and treat the women in their lives. Um, you know, I come I come from a household where you know. I guess my my father's technically the head of the household, but my mother is the one that I that I hold more in reverence. Sure. And you know, the, the, I'm surrounded by women, in especially on my mother's side of the family. Like, there's a ton of women mm-hmm. on that side of the family, and, and and it's very matriarchal, like very matriarchal. And I did, but see, the thing is, I didn't realize that until I became an adult. For me, it was just normal. For me, it was just. And it, it wasn't like a dominant type of matriarchy. It was just sure. that the women always had an equal say to the men. And again, not even looking at it on it, like there was no difference between how you regard a man in the family versus how you regard a woman in the family. Like everyone is on that same plane. So when you look at something like what, what Jamel Hill is dealing with, and you can see the difference between, I can see the difference between how I was raised and how people attack her for 
not recognizing, right. you know, like they don't recognize what patriarchy looks like because they've been like they've. I recognize what it's like because I see what the opposite of that is, and I can understand how niggas will will look at something like this and be like, nah, she she talking that bullshit. But it's because you want her to be silenced because you don't want to be called out on your own patriarchy. And look, nobody's saying that you're a bad person. Not at because all. of it. You're you are. That's what you know, and 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 you may not even recognize that that's what it is, but that's what you know. And it's how, it's more in how you respond to the fact that you exist in a system mm-hmm. that offers you some benefit to the detriment of someone else. Mm-hmm. And we all and I think we all have to come to the conclusion that the act of privilege and the act of it, it, it is a there's a certain push and pull to it mm-hmm. in the in regards to there are going to be they there are going to be things that someone from another walk of life benefits from in certain in in certain facets mm-hmm. to my detriment yeah and you know it, it's like a food chain and very often black women find themselves in the hierarchy as the least protected yes. and the le- and and the most maligned mm-hmm. and niggas just the reaction to it is everything it is. and niggas fumble the ball every time every time i i'm going to i'm going to share a story and I, and I i don't really i i really don't talk about my job at all sure. um, outside of anything so i'm going to speak in generalities but um Last week, it was the last week of the week before last, uh, the director of my job, and I work in IT, the director of my job, um, she hit me up, and she was like, I see what you're doing. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, I see what you're doing, and I, I think it's actually, I think it's really, really great. Um so and I and I I only told my my intentions to the people on my team, but I'm very I'm very adamant about this. I work in IT, which is a very male dominated um, industry, right? To be in, and in my job, it's no exception. Like most of the decision makers, including myself, um, are men. Um, over the last, really over the last seven months or so. Um, I have been intentionally putting women on my team in positions to make certain decisions and do certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of cases, things that I would normally do as a manager. So there have been instances where, if, you know, and, it, and it's not me pawning off my work onto other people. It's, it's very much empowering people to take those leadership roles, empowering women specifically to take those leadership roles and to put themselves in positions where people, other people will respect their input and respect whatever authority they have as well. Right. And, you know, I was, I came in and intentionally wanted to change my department so that, first of all, everything didn't filter through one person. Right. But even more importantly, so that the women who have always been the backbone of this team, to be very honest, are the ones that you're talking to when it comes to some of the shit that you would normally just come to me about. Right. And it, it came to a head whenever this happened where um, 
we had a meeting and instead of me being there and i and i did this on purpose i didn't make myself available on purpose um i had these three women from my team there and i i just i just told all the other managers and everyone that was there i was like look these ladies have been working on this this and this the entire time that we've been a worker remote they know all of this better than i do um take whatever they say is gospel right and 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 i'm not saying that just because i'm the manager but when you once you've spoken to them you'll understand what i mean and sure, sure enough and and i didn't even it, it wasn't even based on my recommendation or anything like that they blew them away and they they've been running the department and my director she was like you really meant it because oh and, and let me back up a little bit yeah in my interview for this position i straight up told her my the director who's my boss i, I straight up told her i said I don't want you to think when when you see this happening. I don't want you to think it's pandering, but I firmly believe like women in IT need to be elevated to a position equal to to men. Right. And she she and she agreed. I mean, obviously, with you know being a woman in IT, she agreed. But she was just kind of like, okay, how do you know how how do you do that? How does that happen? Right. And I said, just just trust me when I say like that's one of my intentions in coming into this position and coming full circle. Now she was like. That is really, that's really admirable, and I'm, I'm and I'm definitely tooting my own horn on this, but Do that's that. just to say, like, dudes, it's it's not difficult to recognize how you benefit from patriarchy, and it doesn't cut you off at the knees at all to admit it at all. It doesn't cut you off at all. As a matter of fact, in the day and age we're living in, being able being able to be as self-reflective as that being able to say I benefit here um, to the detriment of someone else Mm -hmm. honestly that's basic leadership qualities right and that's really only um, compounding your worth Mm -hmm. in in diverse workspaces we want that we want workspaces and we want the places where we're in to be more diverse yeah but we have to adopt more diverse mindsets yeah all that to say, leave Jamel Hill the fuck alone. Just do it. Leave Jamel Hill alone. I mean, every time she says anything, people get fucking incensed. And it's beyond belief to me. And this seemed to be, out of all the shit she said on Twitter that has gotten her in trouble, this seemed to be one of the most innocuous things I could think of that she said. That... It's no different than anybody else on the, any other black woman on the internet is saying. First of all, y'all not scaring her away. At all. <laughs> y'all not shutting her up. The bag too big for that. The bag too big. She owns three different podcasts. I think her and Van Lathan have a Wire podcast. All about the Wire. Damn. Um, and I know she got another one. And she's still... And she's and, and she's she's on... I think she's on ESPN's like podcast department, maybe. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. She got a lot of bags going on. Y'all ain't she worried about y'all. Y'all ain't scaring her off the internet. Ain't gonna, it ain't gonna be a time when Jamel Hill says, Oh, I've had enough, I'm deactivating my shit. Ain't gonna happen. She loves getting y'all incense. Y'all are also proving her right every time. Every fucking time. Leave Jamel Hill alone. I just almost say about it too. Um Song of the Week, we went a little long for the first segment. Song of the Week. We'll be right. Okay, cool. Uh, knew her. 
new mm-hmm. shit from her. I, I always welcome new shit from her. I'm never disappointed. This one did not disappoint me, especially not with the sample. With the her just her sound is just incredible. Like even even among these young toxic chicks, <laughs> her is it, the artistry involved in what she does and the musicianship. Her is is always going to be kind of just a slightly a stack among the rest. I'm uh, gonna I'm gonna say something that might be blasphemous. Go ahead. She might be the closest thing that we have to Prince right now. Ooh. Think about it. That's spicy. She's talented. Did Prince sign off on her? Did he? I don't know. I don't I think I think she's one. No, maybe that was Janelle. Okay. Maybe that was Janelle. Um, but her, as far as musicianship, production yeah. level, um, the band she keeps around her, and that's what I mean when I say all that. Like her, her talent level, her ability to write, sing, play it. She plays the shit out out of anything she touches. Yeah, the production value around yeah. her is amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, this is new. Her, this is called Damage. Uh, I'm, I'm, I wish I could think of the sample, <laughs> but um, I think I, it, it's a sample. That's older than the sample I'm thinking of, because all I'm thinking of is because all I'm thinking of is Bone Thugs, the Days of Our Lives, just to tell yeah. you what generation I'm from. Damn. Um, go ahead, pour yourself something, get comfortable. We're gonna have a good show. We'll be back with more opinions while black. Let's go. Time 
the whole town So just be careful what you take for granted Yeah Cause with me, no, you could do damage You, you could do damage You, you could do damage Oh, you could do damage No, you could do damage She, I like, I. She took them sunglasses off. Mm. She wants y'all to know how fine she is, even in a little baggy Aaliyah pants. <laughs> she bad. She bad musically. She's, yeah. She she's definitely gonna be somebody that I think is gonna have a lasting career in the industry. She should. Um, I could even see her taking a. I could even see her taking a break from uh, making making her own music. To producing, I can see that easily. Um, I, she definitely, she she's definitely the artistry involved is wonderful. So shout out to her. I love to see her work with Alex Isley. Oh, damn! Yes, you know Alex Isley put out a new one. Yeah, Alex Isley put out a new one. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't get I couldn't get excited enough about it. Uh, her and her and Jack Dine just have a really a really good synergy there. Marcus Black, Marcus Black didn't know what the fuck to do. Marcus, <laughs> Marcus, Black, Marcus Black heard that shit. He was like, "You know this shit gonna be. You know this gonna be the first show on the new Remedy, right?" <laughs> Whenever I see a new a new Alex Isley so jam, I know Marcus Black probably got to it before I did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, knew her. Uh, looking forward to. Uh, I don't know if this is attached to a a project, but I hope it is, and I hope there's a project coming out soon. Pretty sure it is. Um, let's see what's going on. Um, Wendell Pierce. Wendell Pierce is going to play B.B. King in a biopic. Bunk! Bunk from The Wire. Um, I'm, I'm excited about this because Wendell Pierce is one of those people in black Hollywood that has done the work, that has put in a lot of the work just alongside some of his counterparts, Mm -hmm. but hasn't got as much of the spotlight because we haven't really seen him in a lead. Yeah, he's, he's he's usually part of some type of ensemble. Usually a very good ensemble. Right. Um, but yeah, this is this will be good to see him take the lead. I, I think it's a perfect fit. Um, that's going to be a... That's, so I, I, I have no reason to believe that's not going to be amazing. Michael B. Jordan, uh, the rumor mill is saying it, it, it looks like a strong possibility that he is going to direct Creed 3. Oh, that's a good fit. That's a good idea. I think that's a wonderful idea. You know... 
Stallone, Rocky was very much Stallone's baby, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and him writing it and directing it, and uh, eventually his brother producing those. Um, and I think him him owning that character in that way, I think Michael I think Michael B. Jordan's got to a point where he should definitely own Adonis Creed in that way. Yeah, and, and who better than him? I mean, he definitely has a pulse of the character. He he lives the character. Um, I'm pretty sure... The first sure two have been good. First two were good. Uh, you know Coogler's going to be breathing down his neck. 100%. <laughs> I love, that, I love that, the, that, the, that the new... I don't want to say Brat Pack because they're getting to be in their 30s, but I love that, the, I love that this, this generation of creatives in black Hollywood have each other to lean on in that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, um, I love you know, I, and and that it's more becoming more accepted that creatives can kind of, you know, oh, I I called this person and I talked to them and I got their input on this thing that I'm doing, um, you know, I I've, I've had people reach out to me, uh, I will get back to, I will actually get back to you this week, Sedina, uh, concerning <laughs> uh, podcast projects and yeah. kind of just getting an opinion on stuff. When I I think we were in probably the first twenty five episodes mm-hmm. when somebody referred a friend to me to have like to sit down and have a consult and talk about kind of what their vibe was mm-hmm. as far as doing their own podcast and kind of what that would entail and all that kind of thing and um, uh, I, I, what I, what is it called now the three percent podcast or something shout out to CJ, I believe. Shout out to him. He's doing a podcast now. Go so ahead. salute that. You know, it, it, it helps to ha- it, it helps to not be an island and to not feel like you're in competition with people. Just do it. Just do it. If man. you have an idea, just do it. Just do it, man. I, I will, again, I will produce. I will produce your first episode. Don't wait for a year like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, look, looking forward to Creed three. I love the Creed movies. I'm more concerned about the soundtrack, honestly. Yeah. The soundtrack is really my shit. That last, the Creed Two soundtrack was nasty. When you, when you really go back and just and just skip through each, that was that was some good shit. That was some good shit. Uh, Wayne, you had Wayne on there. Yeah. You had um, Bon Iver on there. Tessa Thompson had a couple of uh, hot joints that she sang on. Mm. Mike Will made it. Just produced the fuck out of that soundtrack. Yeah. Um. I hope they get him back. I have no doubt that whoever they get, the soundtrack is going to go hard. It's going to be fire. You got a black people's boxing movie? <laughs> That's going to go fucking hard in the gym. Hard as fucking the gym. I'm, so I'm excited about that. Um, What else is going on? Quibi is dead. Shock. Long live Quibi. For those of you that were not tuned into that part of the streaming game and that's and that's most of you (laughs) (laughs) um quibi was a streaming service that had the best of intentions i think they started really marketing it like really early in 2020 um and basically it was going to be a streaming service where all the content was going to be no longer than like 10 minutes yep and it was it, it was it was very much it kind of marketed as a pocket Netflix. Yeah. Um, they put in a bunch of money to get all this talent in. 
Dwayne Johnson, Chance the Rapper, Chrissy Teigen, Chrissy Teigen, uh, Liam Hemsworth, all these all these big names, and they could not sustain more than like, I think they raised like a billion dollars in production money, and could not keep seventy five thousand members subscribers, and so eventually it tanked, and now it is dead. Um, and so my my thing about this, my my theory about this is that the COVID era, I mean the COVID era kicked everybody in the pants, but when you have a, a streaming service that is geared towards on the go, mm-hmm. oh, I can get through a couple episodes in my commute. I can get through a couple episodes on the way to work, on the train. I can get through a couple episodes in this traffic. And then COVID hit, and nobody had anywhere to go. No. So they all went to Twitch. So they all went to <laughs> And YouTube. And, and every other streaming service where you could sit in front of a TV or a computer while you worked. That was the other thing. You couldn't hook, you couldn't watch Quibi on your TV. Yeah. I don't even think you could watch it on your computer. No. Just on the phone. Just on the mobile device. It was an app. Yeah. And that hurt it because... We're all at home. We all want to watch stuff on our big TV. And, um, and you know, YouTube already has a short form video yep. format locked down. So um, the, the only thing Quibi had was they had capital and they had, you know, production quality. And they had big names. Yeah, and they, and they had big names. But, I mean, that's that's easily replicated on YouTube. And I, and I, think, the other, and I think the other thing for real is that it, I'm sure the content dried up very quickly. Yeah. Once COVID hit and nobody knew how this was going to shake out, and they didn't know if they were going to be able to um, uh, create more content. Um, and given that Quibi is full of short form content, you could probably burn through its entire library in a day. <laughs> and in the COVID era, that those first two or three months. Everybody watched everything. Everything. They, everybody just ran through every show that they were missing. Everybody was caught up by June. And so when you have something that already doesn't have a lot of content and doesn't have a, a library like, say, a Netflix where you can just pull old movies and syndicated television shows. ESPN has been showing sports since the black and white era because they got a catalog that doesn't <laughs> You know, and right, even you, even the UFC Plus or whatever that they got now mm-hmm. has has a bunch of shit. They have Fight Island Declassified. <laughs> Fight Island been been around for two months. Now they got a documentary called Declassified. We're supposed to see that shit like two or three years later. <laughs> like, hey man, what'd you do with all that, that extra shit that we didn't show? Just that was just declassified. Just, you know, that'll just give you that'll just give you an idea of how much money. Dana is over there soaking up overseas and going to leave them people with next to no economy when he gets tired of this shit. Oh, that's going to suck. <laughs> He's going to fire festival of them fools. Following in the footsteps of FIFA. Damn. Um, what else is going on? Oh, time for a new segment. Uh-oh. Uh, it's time for the, this week's installment of The Price Just Went Up. What is the price just went up? Well, I've been explaining what the price going up means for weeks now. Um, Shonda Rhimes 
left ABC. Why? She couldn't get, she, she wanted a, an extra Disneyland ticket. But she wanted to go with her family to Disneyland. She was a ticket short. She called somebody at, she called somebody at Disney. And it was like, it's Shonda Rhimes. You know, the person who owns Thursday Night Primetime. I'd like another, I'd like another ticket. They said, we don't do that. The ticket is $145. And some bigwig at Disneyland said, we don't do that. Shonda said, okay. She called somebody at ABC. Or Disney, I'm not sure. Same thing. She went, she went, she went over their head. Yeah. And said, listen, I'm Shonda Rhimes. I own Thursday Night's. Um, I'd like another Disney ticket, and somebody down here said they weren't going to do that for me. The ticket is 100, 145 American dollars. And sure enough, the response, <clears throat> allegedly, the response from the executive, who, shall, who apparently is remaining nameless, as they should, said, don't you have enough? The same day, Shonda gets on the phone with her agent. I need to know what it takes, what it's going to take for me to leave ABC and go to Netflix. What, what was the deadline on that? Today. <laughs> Today. I'm about to ride these rides at Disneyland. By the time I leave Disneyland, I need to have a Netflix deal or you can find, or or I'm going to find more representation. That is not you. Wow. Um. And Shonda Rhimes is currently uh, now writing for net, writing and producing for Netflix. Um. Wow. And life comes at you fast. Life comes at you Ooh. fast. And let me tell you how fa- how much faster it comes at you. Everybody involved in that little uh, tisk. Is fired. The entire chain. Everybody involved. The person who takes the tickets. Yep. Holler. The will call person. Holler. The 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 manager who was supposed to who was supposed to catch that call before anybody else. First of all, when Shonda Rhimes, for all intents and purposes, has owned Thursday nights for at least ten years. Yes. More than ten years, really. It's been like thirteen years. Over a decade. Yeah. Some shit like that. That was she was never supposed to touch the ticket booth, right? She wasn't supposed to go in through the front entrance at all. At all, Mickey Mouse was supposed was supposed to come out <laughs> to the service entrance, open the car door for her, yes, and ask her and ask her kids if they would like a, a, a bottle of spring water. Would you kids like a Fiji? Would, any, would anyone like a Fiji? Does anyone need a foot rub? Waffle cone. Yeah! Waffle cone. Okay, we got waffle cones. Waffle cone. Are there adults here? I'll suck someone's dick. <laughs> anything. Okay. Just if there's anything you need, please let me know. Um, a, a person of Shonda Rhimes stature, again, should not even... Uh, a ticket should mean nothing. As someone in the service industry... <clears throat> When somebody big is coming to you is coming to your place of business like that, someone big in the company, you're supposed to have got you're, 
whoever is whoever is in charge that day, the manager that day is supposed to get a call twelve hours in advance, probably. Yeah. And they're supposed to be there actually, the first, first actually, thing in the morning. They don't, they don't even need to, they don't even need that much notice. I used to work at Astro World. <laughs> and and there were plenty of times, especially when they had concerts in town, because they had Hell concerts yeah. at the Lone Star Amphitheater. Whenever there was a concert, especially, you would know when the musician that was that was headlining that show was there because they would bring them in through the service entrance and they would put them at the front of every line. Them and the 15 or 20 people with them. So I know you had to be on your P's and Q's. Yeah, we're talking about Disneyland. Shonda's coming. Everybody got Even there. if it's Shonda Rhimes is here. Oh shit, Shonda Rhimes is here, y'all. You all have three hours to learn every word to be our guest. <laughs> you know shit. So the fact that this didn't happen, the fact that it was a surprise that Shonda Rhimes showed up, much less need another ticket. A ticket is a formality. $145. When you own Thursday nights, a ticket is a formality. Are you fucking serious? This and this is and this is not that much different from the whole thing Joe Budden was talking about, where he had brought Spotify nine figures. We know for a fact Shonda's brought at least that much. Right to start, and when he brought in nine figures, and Spotify was going to gift them used Rolex watches. <laughs> what? what we're talking about when we say the price went up because not only because because not only will disney and abc never see her business again will never will probably never see her her business again on a project on a movie on anything if they do the price just went up it just went way up anybody else from then on when you see the mistreatment and when you see how fast the the snapback comes that's when the price went up. Anybody else who ever has to do business with Shonda Rhimes got to come correct from here on. Cause no matter how you feel about some of her some of her work, Shonda Rhimes ain't flopped yet. Yeah. The lowest ranking of her projects, I would say, is private practice, and that shit ran for like five, six seasons. If I'm six flags. <laughs> I'm hitting her up right now. <laughs> the price went up. I'm giving her the Shonda pass. Hey, any Six Flags park you want to go to in the world? You better invent a pass. Yes. The Six Flags Black Pass. It's, it's the Shonda pass. Oh man, it's got to be. It's it's got to be made of titanium. Yep. Yeah. And it's good for you and whoever you point out. Your, your they, them, this per, actually all them over there, and you too. Yes, yeah, fuck it. They with me. Voice activated, Mission Impossible level shit. I the, that's and 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 again, I hate to harp on it, but that's why we have a segment for it now because that's how we get treated <laughs> in the industry. The price, yeah, the price goes up every time you're mistreated, and somebody takes you in that sees your value. And, and matches that and dump and and with interest the price went up 
anybody else that wants to deal with Shonda Rhimes now, the price went up. That's, That's it. Strong. And that, 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 $145. Was it worth it, Disney? Was it worth it? I don't think it was. Was it worth losing all your black viewers? You just lost <laughs> Thursday night. You you didn't just lose the Grey's Anatomy fans. You didn't lose the... Grey's Anatomy's on the way out anyway. It's, it's, shit's been running for like 15 years now. Um, scandal's over. How to Get Away with Murder's over. Um... You lose it. You lose it. And all it cost you was one hundred forty-five dollars. Wow. You paid. You you paid. You you saved one hundred forty-five dollars just to lose your biggest asset for prime time. And to to cap it off with what you said earlier in this this very broadcast, we are the culture. We are the culture. The black women are moving that needle. Black women move the needle. Every time. The black woman is God. Hit, the, hit that with the air horns, please. Yes. Um, what else we got going? Um, okay, so here's something that I learned. Uh, I learned about... Uh, I learned what a Birkin bag is over the past week. I've heard Jay-Z rap about it. Okay, see, I see. I, might, I probably missed that. I learned what a Birkin bag is, and I learned its value. Okay. I'm going to give you the, the quick crash crash course. A Birkin bag is a purse. It's a it's a very expensive, very exclusive purse. Um, not many are made. The starting price, I'm told. I did a little research about this. The starting price is $9,000. Mm. $9,000. Um, mm. And you can't just show up at a store and buy one. You got to get on a waiting list. They don't make many. Gotta get on a waiting list, and even and and the waiting list is near impossible to get on. And once you get on the waiting list, you still gotta take a line take a line behind VIP, which includes people like Cardi B. You know how Jesus from Jesus and Miro has that whole wall of sneakers. Yeah, Cardi B has a whole wall of Birkin bags. She she buys them for fun. Um, I mean, I'm sure she likes them, but she buys them for fun. Um. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, the the drama behind Birkin bags I, I've read into is that Sweetie, I like her song "Bustin' 2.0." If you haven't heard "Bustin' 2.0," go ahead and look that up. Oh, I like Su- it. Sweetie is a rapper. She's a rapper. Okay, it's a female rapper. Mm. Um, and who's apparently dating Quavo? Mm. Um, I don't know for this month, and. Um, she did an Instagram broadcast where she said, "If uh, ladies, if your nigga isn't buying you Birkin bags and paying your bills, throw it back to the streets." This is referencing her new song with Janae Aiko called "Back to the Streets." So she's only twenty nine years old, speaking that 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 conventional wisdom, huh? Um, I guess so. Yeah. And it's going to end she, well for her. <laughs> I can see it. And she said it and stormed off, and Quavo just shrugged at the camera. Like, I don't know. She got hers, so I can't say shit. Or he shrugged at the camera like, this bitch won't be here next week anyway. (laughs) And this started a whole debate on Twitter about whether or not you should be buying your woman a Birkin bag, which is stupid. Here's why it's stupid. I am sick 
don't get me wrong. I don't. I if you want to spoil your woman, wonderful. There's nothing wrong with that. However, I am sick of rich people directing the converse, the cultural conversations among what I consider to be uh, everybody else. Because there's, in my mind, there's rich people. The way the wealth is distributed in this country, there's mm -hmm. rich people, and then there's everybody else. Yeah. I don't think rich people should be dictating how everybody else moves socially and financially in their relationships. I don't. I, I, I don't think that's right. And to add to that, what's actually worse than that is people who are not actually rich but currently have currently have access to money trying to tell people how they need to spend their money or, or what level of wealth they need to be on in order to be worth something. Especially when we are on the verge of economic collapse. Maybe this isn't the conversation we should be having. No. And I was, and you know, anybody that followed me on social media knows over the weekend, I was, I was on uh, my IG stories infuriated. I was in, why? Why? Uh, first of all, Birkin bags, from what I understand, um, are so inaccessible. 90% of y'all that think y'all got one got a fake. Now they know they, they, they know it's fake. Or they know it's fake and y'all just trying to keep up with the Joneses, which is even more ridiculous. You're trying to keep up with people that are not even that are not even in the same category as you. What happened to Dooney and Burke? <laughs> I remember back when a four hundred dollar purse was was a universal symbol of status. Oh, Tristan told me coaches for basic bitches. I mean, y'all I I mean, I don't <laughs> I, I got a I got a whole I got a whole lecture I can give on the futility of purses and how they just they're just a wasted accessory. But I mean, you know, get what you like. And I never I never want to be a pocket watcher. Yeah. I never want to tell people how to spend their money. You spend your money on whatever you think looks good or right. whatever you think makes you happy. Because I'm I'm sure there are people that that don't think that I need all the books in my house. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, and nobody thinks I need all the books in my house. Like, I mean, suck a dick. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, these are also stupid cheap for me, so I'm surprised that um, general re generational wealth Twitter didn't didn't hop on that. Some of them did, some <laughs> of them, but it was mostly broke nigga Twitter, which I don't think was fairly. <laughs> I don't think I don't think was just completely wrong uh, in the in the outrage this time. But they always handled the conversation wrong. Like half, most of y'all got trouble having, you know, getting your man to go half on groceries. Are y'all really gonna uphold an unfair expectation? We're looking uh, at an economic collapse, the likes of which no one has seen in a century. Um, unemployment is higher than ever. Um, there's no help coming from the. There's no government assistance coming. Uh, most people have a lot of people have been exiled to the gig economy, and here y'all are talking about fucking Birkin bags. As a matter of fact, I don't know who this celebrity person Kayla Nicole Jones is, but she had the right idea. I'm gonna read her her story. The last thing the world needs right now is a bunch of entitled, loud, and spoiled adults having rich people problem, having rich people problems with Birkin debates. What are y'all in a hurry to prove to people that? That have more th that you have more than already, 
it's insensitive and idiotic how this brought everybody to the table, but reality, though. Mm. A greater debate would be how can we help those who, who've helped us be able to thrive during a time like this? How can we provoke change in classism? Mm. How can we raise awareness for? Mm. Uh, it says, the and the majority of privileged black people tend to forget that they're black before anything. Too loud for the wrong reason. Now is not the time to stunt. Y'all flexing obvious wealth and opportunities a lot of people don't get to be a part of, but made you able to. So boastful, but useless. I'm giving, it's giving, I'm disconnected in all honesty and voted for Trump for tax reasons vibes. Mm. Hold up, let me. Yeah. Just remember the majority of your supporters and followers are people who made you who you are. Not the people you're able to hang, able to hang with now because of what you became. This is the realest shit I've ever said. It's what that's, I've been saying for weeks. Yes, that's hey. This is amazing. I this can't This is the most amazing shit I've ever heard. Y'all worried about a fucking Birkin bag, and y'all go. The same people that are arguing over over Sweetie and her fucking Birkin bags are gonna be are gonna be complaining about where the stimulus checks are next month. We have reached a new high in COVID numbers. And you niggas are talking about Birkin bags. I just, I, and again, I don't want to shame anybody for where their priorities are. I don't want to shame anybody for how you spend your money. But we have to have an honest discussion about the part we play in classism and capitalism in a system that isn't looking out for any of our best interests. And we're letting people that that hold all the wealth lead the conversation. Why? That's silly. We are the culture. Yes, Sweetie makes good music. Does she? I I like it so far. I'm, I'm gonna check it out. I, I like everything I've heard so far. Um, uh, tap in's good. Blow the whistle uh, sample. Um, so so too short is good. <laughs> You know, I, I and Sweetie makes good music, and I'm not and I'm not shaming her in any way. If, and she has it to blow, and Quavo has it to blow, so that's their business. I don't think that should dictate how regular people move. And just once, I want us to own where we are and who we are in the culture, and let us dictate how we move, not based off of what rich people do. Because we do it in everything. Yeah, I agree. It's goofy. It's and it's kind of nasty, and it creates it, it creates this weird it creates this subculture, and this is where I think part of broke nigga Twitter comes from. It creates this <laughs> subculture of people who feel underrepresented and unappreciated when they're just trying to make it through the day like everybody else. Right. And we don't talk about that because for some reason, as beyond me, that I would never understand the answer to. Brokenness is some cardinal sin in the black community that is that it being a drug dealer is more forgivable than being broke. Good point. Bars. I I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, if I talk any more about that, I'll just I'm just gonna get inflamed, and it's clearly <laughs> too early in the show for that. Um, cuffing season in the bubble. Oh. Uh, let's see what we got. Um, Summer Walker broke up with London again. This week? This week. Okay. <laughs> it 
it seems like this might be the final straw. Yeah. But the last time did too. She'll get another nose or an earring or some shit and basically go back to him. Um, Halle Berry is. I don't know if we ever talked about this on air. Halle Berry is dating Van Hunt. Word. Why didn't your mind just go in the vault for that one? Damn. Van Hunt is a is a is a kind of pseudo neo soul artist from the early days of neo soul. Um, basically, it seems like Halle Berry went and got who she thought she was getting when she married Eric Benet. Um, sorry, Eric. My mom, my mom really wants wants the culture to forgive Eric Benet, and I don't think it's ever going to happen. Not my generation. Not, definitely not Randall's generation. Not any heterosexual cis hetero male, at least. Our age bracket does not forget. The North remembers when you. When you break up with Haley Berry because you tell her that you have a sex addiction that does not involve Haley Berry, I cannot forgive you, sir. I can't take you seriously. I cannot forgive you. You already don't wear shoes. Um, wow, this is what Van Hunt looks like. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. She's she's dating the nigga that she thought she was getting with Eric Benet. I'm happy for her. I'm happy for her. Halle Berry has had a turbulent love life. And if this is where she gets her happiness, fine by me. Just keep him out just keep him out of the good picture so I can beat off in peace. <laughs> um Shut up! <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Um, furthermore, um, on to lesser people, 50 Cent. Mm. So 50 Cent started a bunch of shit because he decided that he was voting for Trump after he saw Biden's tax plan for the rich. Apparently he's going to be, he's going to be taxing people making, uh, $400,000 or more. Okay. Um, and every, every rise and grind generational wealth nigga I've ever known on the internet none of who probably don't even collectively all put together make $400,000 a year showed they motherfucking ass that's right he shouldn't he shouldn't have to be taxed you ain't never making that much money um so I don't know what you worried about his pockets for he'll be alright the sad thing is, it it apparently it took Chelsea Handler to bring him back from the dark side. Have you seen Chelsea Handler's titties? I I'm not a I don't, I don't know if I I don't know if I've ever been a proponent of Chelsea Handler enough to look at her titties, but apparently she We're said just... some shit to she was that he was that he was like her favorite ex boyfriend, and that nigga that nigga got back on social media was like oh. Fuck that. Trump fucking up, uh, uh, Biden, uh, Trump fucking up my love life. There was an offline conversation that you and I had about a possible segment for Opinions While Black After Dark. I believe Chelsea Handler would be a part of that conversation. Okay. Oh. Oh, that conversation. That okay. conversation. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. I, I, I just have a feeling. I haven't read her book, but I but I can I can see where you. I will say. never read her book, <laughs> but I can just tell. Um. Yeah. Uh, 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 
that must be the case because 50 Cent uh, snapped too. But of course, we know that's probably a lie, and it should not be a surprise that 50 Cent is another one of these rich niggas that is going to vote in their best interest. Right. Uh, it... It's just the same thing as when everybody was when when Nicki Minaj had that rhyme about she was going to vote for Mitt Romney. She didn't have anything else to rhyme with the economy because Nicki Minaj isn't a good rapper. But if she did vote for Mitt Romney, she would be voting in her best interest because she's a because she's rich. What she thinks is her best interest. And fifty and and put on top of that, Fifty Cent is a terrible person. So nobody should be shocked that he's voting for another terrible person. This is what we're talking about when we talk about people upholding patriarchy. Yes. This is exactly what we're talking about. Um, there are some of you niggas fucking up the fucking up the rotation mm-hmm. uh, because wherever there is a terrible white man in power, there are going to be those of you who think that the best solution is not to beat them but to join them because you think that some of their power will rub off on you like the fucking Highlander and that you will become one of them. Even though this has historically been proven to never be the case. Ever. Not once. Not a single solitary time. Ask me if Ben Carson is in a better place than when he started. Where is Ben Carson? Well, I don't want to know Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Exactly. Exactly. Where is he? You don't know. You don't know. Where is Herman Cain? In the ground. Definitely not in a better better place than when he started. (laughs) Tweeting from the grave. I was like, his his, his Twitter is still alive and well. I'm just saying, uh, we we have to wake up to these things, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do you one worse. I'm gonna do you one worse. I think that it comes to a it comes as a shock when these famous people in our culture are terrible people, because we don't. I think the thing with us is that historically, we don't evaluate these people for their character to begin with. Mm-hmm. All we know is that we have to admire them because they're because they're rich and quote unquote successful. Yeah. So we never looked at their character to begin with. That's how you get. That's why people were surprised when Trump came out of when Trump came out of nowhere and hold and held sway with a certain amount of white people. Because we never considered Trump was a was a pop culture icon for like a lot of the nineties. Oh, yeah. He was the Monopoly man. Bun B once said, fuck Black Caesar. Niggas call me Black Trump. He ain't saying it now. Well, Pimp C is dead, so he's not saying anything. Bun B said it. Bun B said it. Bun B said it, yeah. Bun B said that? Bun B said it. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Pocket full of stones. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, y'all. yeah. Um, and, and, you know, because for the longest, we've held people with money... In such high regard, without ever, without ever looking at their character, that's why people are only realizing now that Puffy is a piece of shit, Diddy, whatever. You know, because we never looked at people's character; we only look at them for the for the success that they hold over our heads. I I, I was going to go on a rant about the whole broke mentality that a lot of black people carry with them, even in times of prosperity. But I, I'm going to leave that for another day. Um, but I, I I totally agree with you. Um, the the worshiping of wealth, um, especially the blind faith that people have in wealth, leads them down paths in which, as you said, they they vote 
against their own interests. And, you know, you, you have to look at if, 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 if there is a can you know, the candidate that you're looking at who is promising not to raise taxes on you, um, on a daily basis assaults your, your civil liberties in every way imaginable. Right. But you're willing to trade that off. Um, For somebody else's wealth. Right. So that you can feel like you're not getting, you know, you're not having to pay taxes on an exorbitant amount of money that you make. Fuck all of them. It, more, more and more, it, 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 John Steinbeck was right. He's He once said that the problem with um, the the poor is that they don't see themselves, I'm just paraphrasing, mm-hmm. that they don't see themselves as poor or working class. They see themselves as, quote, temporary em, temporarily embarrassed millionaires. Mm-hmm. That means they, they still believe, despite the the, the poverty gap, despite the way the the wealth is hoarded in one direction, um, people still hold on to this belief that they will one day be one of those people, that they will one day be a part of that upper crust. And when they and they they want things they want things to be fair for them, right? When they get there, and so they when they look at Fifty Cent, they see what they're going to be one day and they're not they're not going to be that I hope you're not going to be 50 Cent 50 Cent is a piece of shit I hope you're not going to be Puff because Puff definitely held down uh, black artists and uh, basically bought their souls lock stock and barrel well a lot of niggas can definitely do the not being shit part of it they they just won't be rich while they're doing it (laughs) right right um I, let's, see, let's see. Did I cover? Did I cover everything? Yeah, we can go ahead and take a break here. We'll be right back. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. You are listening to Opinions While Black, sober conversation with the least sober team in podcasting. Pour up. And we're back. We're black. We're opinionated. And all the and I didn't realize all the whiskey was going to be at the bottom of the soda. <laughs> all of it, every bit of it. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I think I'm drunk. Still drinking water. It, it, it's a Monday, yeah. but I I worked out early yeah. early today, so I'm I'm good. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get up in cardio in the morning. I be, I, be, I you know I'm I be getting a couple of compliments. Now granted, I'm only getting them through. Uh, Zoom and live, not live, but um, you know, video, FaceTime, video chat, whatever. But a few people will be like, "Oh, you're looking a little yoked." Okay, looking a little yoked in the shoulders. All right, I'll take it. Shoulder game, we out here. Shoulder game, gotta do the shoulder strokes, baby. Every Tuesday night, shoulder night, all shoulders. <laughs> uh, today was chest. My. My mother complimented me. She was, she said, she said, she said, there's, there's more chest and less belly. There we go. And that's the best you can ask for. Ooh, man, because parents will tell your ass when you're getting fat. Um. Oh, I, oh, let me. I missed this in the uh, in the Birkin bag segment. This is this is of note. We can actually call this a short version of our ongoing segment, Drake Watch. All right. Um, which is of course 
about what Six God is doing, who Six God is doing it with, and whether or not there are coded messages to Rihanna in it. Um, Drake said about the Birkin bag thing that he had been that he has been collecting Birkin bags for three years. That he has been collecting them, being on the VIP list for three years, so that if or when he meets the love of his life. She will have a collection of Birkin bags. Um, at the risk of colorism, <laughs> of all the light-skinned things that have ever been said, you know that might be the lightest-skinned of the things. You, you, hey, you said it. I didn't. That is the most sensitive-ass shit. I, you know, I, you know, I hate the word simp. That's some simp ass shit. That's some simp shit. That is some simp ass shit. That man is out here pre simping. This man, this man that fucked every, you know, I'm no, 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 I'm not, no, stop that, Aubrey, stop. You're better than that. Only by a little, but you're better than that. This is why we need, see. This is why we need the hard rapping albums back. Um, <laughs> and I'm also kind of pissed that he that he ain't bringing an album back till like that he ain't doing the, dropping a new album till 2021. Some bullshit. It's, it's, it's really gonna piss you off when he's just singing the whole time. The whole time. Uh, fourth quarter about to be silly for music. Baby. <laughs> However he says. Well, it. yeah, like, he, he, I'm telling you, the the whole the whole fourth quarter is about to be dry for music. Um. Anyway, it's time for white people must be stopped. Oh. Uh, keep this one short and sweet. Um, Aubrey O'Day, the white girl from Danny Kane. I'm pretty sure there was only one white girl. Uh, yeah. 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 John D. Woods and somebody else I can't remember. Um, Aubrey, who, uh, in case you did not know, this was reported on a long time ago. Used to fuck with uh, Donald Trump Jr. Uh, they used to have they they used to have a thing. Um, oh. She she definitely tried to capitalize on it. She wrote a song called DJ, which was, hmm. apparently was airing out all their business, but nobody cared because nobody ain't nobody following Donald, Donald Jr.'s dick like that, or Aubrey O'Day for that matter. Um. So, Aubrey did not like... Did you watch the debate? Not a second of it. Okay. So, I did. I thought I'd get a couple of jokes out of it. <laughs> um, and Donald Trump made no... Spared no expense to talk about Joe Biden's family. Uh, of course, the Hunter Biden bullshit, which is just circular logic all around. I, I, don't, I, I can't wrap my head around the Hunter Biden shit. Um, it might have been an issue, you know, if we weren't dealing with literally every other horrible fucking thing happening this year. Um, from, so going from that to talking about this man's deceased son, Bo, Mm. he talked cash shit about this man's family and Joe Biden, if they, if they hadn't been socially distanced like 15 feet, I'm certain he would have slapped the shit out of him. Uh... Aubrey felt a way about that. I will, I will bring that, I will bring that up here. Uh, Aubrey felt a way about that, and as a lot of people did, you know, you, you just don't involve people's family. That ain't right. 
Um, By the way, Aubrey has had some of the worst plastic surgery I've. Of all fucking time. My God. I don't know who she's going to. She ain't going to the people the Black China them going to. Or she might be. I was say. <laughs> she might be, and, you know, she didn't get the memo that the price went up. Mm. So she got what she paid for. Um, so. Aubrey went, uh, and here it is. Oh, that's why, because the tweet's deleted now. Um, God damn, she's 36? Wow. Woo-wee. Going on 70. Boy, I tell you. Um, quote, since Trump has now lowered this debate to trashing family, dot, 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 and she lists a couple of, she, she empties the clip and lists a couple of things about the Trump family. Don Jr. hates his father. Ivanka is a lesbian on the low. Eric fucked Miss Universe on the apprentice boardroom table while while with his now wife. I'm not gonna lie to you. Whether that shit's true or not, that's pretty that it all sounds like rich white people shit to me. It all sounds like rich people white shit. At the same time, it's also bars. Now I don't advocate outing anybody if they're if they're closeted um gay. I will make an exception but, today. But fuck that whole family. I would say, fuck that family. I will make an exception today. <laughs> um, also talked about how uh, Don Jr. talks cash shit about Baron Trump. And while we are at it, mm. I have texts of Don Jr. telling me what a little shit asshole Baron is. Uh, that they were on the private jet and Baron didn't like his food, so he threw the plate across the plane at the attendant. None of these people are innocent. Of being assholes and liars. I, I will say maybe slow down on Baron Trump. I think I think this is the one who's got special needs. Or does he? Or does he? Uh, no, no, no. I'm thinking of Sarah Palin's family. Oh yeah. The the white people are all blending together at this point. I mean, we know that Baron Trump is gonna he's going to be fucked up. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. He's like he is. Right now, if anyone's watching him, this is his this is his supervillain origin story. I was gonna say, and it's crazy, and the parallels are crazy because I just saw a picture of a Sasha Obama somewhere. She looked like she turned out great. City girl Sasha Obama. <laughs> I saw that caption somewhere. Sasha, Sasha City girl Obama. <laughs> both Sasha and Malia look like they turned out just fine. Um, and meanwhile, we have this family. It looks like the looks like the Bizarro version of the Incredibles. Wait, which um, which Obama girl is the older one, Sasha? I think Sasha's the older one. Like the worst thing that y'all can say about her is that she was smoking weed in college, and that she can't twerk. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's good home training. Yeah, that's that's fine. Um, we need to stop discussing kids because Ivanka is a lesbian, yet doesn't support women's rights in this administration that she runs on the low. That's actually a bar. That's yeah. a bar. Yeah. That's a bar. I won't. I, yeah. Um, whether this is true or not, this is this is good white people stopping white people. Yeah. I love that. I right. love when white people yeah. stop other white people. I'm here for it. Always. Yeah, that's that's allyship. That is allyship. Stop your fellow white person. <laughs> anytime, anytime a white person can go ahead and jump in front of a bullet, because we all know the bullet's going to bounce off of them. <laughs> Especially when you have little or no career like Aubrey O'Day does. 
You have to use your obscurity for good. That's the, I, I think that's that's the that's a that's a fair thing. I uh, oh, speaking of allyship, I would be remiss if I did not mention this this week. Um, listen to the show and friend A. A. Ron. What up, man? Um, this week I have promoted him to my favorite white person. Okay. Yeah, there's a very short list of like three white people that I that I fuck with. Uh, he made that. He made the number one spot on that list this week. Um, just to run down his resume real quick. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Married to a black woman. Hey. Um, has produced three black children. Okay. Um, and they know that they're black, which is Let's important. Go. They know that they're black. They identify is, as black. They identify as black. Let's go. Um, now, the capitalist in me, the they, consumerist in me. He's bought merch. He's he's bought merch. Um, He's he's also a sneakerhead. Okay. And I actually I actually turned him I actually turned him on to it and now he's taking it to another level. I'm not really out there like that, but there is one particular shoe that I was looking to get. Um not going to give him free advertising. Okay. Um and there was an early drop for the shoe this week which I did not receive a notification for. Um he and his kids all have the app for this particular shoe manufacturer, and he used the uh, the accounts of his two little girls to secure the bag for your boy, um, and was able to get myself a pair of shoes, and he also got himself a pair as well. Some some pretty pretty hard to get shoes at a at a reasonable price. Um, that's what allyship looks like to me. That is what allyship looks like, y'all. If, if you know that, if you know that I'm looking for something, you know, look out for the original black man. Um, you know, involve the family. You know, what I'm saying involve the family. There really should be no cookout, but if there is a cookout and you find yourself invited to it, yeah. this is how you should conduct yourself. I'll, I'll invite you to the DoorDash. Yeah, uh, we'll do that. Hundred percent. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you a DoorDash. You know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll touch base with you on Zoom. Yeah. Just we'll just do a mutual Uber Eats. I'll just order from the same place at the same time. And he and I have to I have to re- reiterate this. He has also bought merch. He's also bought merch. He's also delivered us alcohol. Yes, he has. God bless him. So my God, uh, when things open up, he will be a guest on the show. Absolutely, gotta get him on. And uh, I think you guys will like him. But anyway, so um, also we did get a, a notice from our senior. White people must be stopped. Correspondent, Chef Erbasol Fallon. Ah, what up, Chef? Chef. You know, Chef is always looking out for instances in which white people are fucking up food, um, <laughs> and rightfully so. Um, when you live in Austin and you're and, and, and you're a foodie, that's got to be a hazard. Especially when they're always trying to make fusions out of shit Man, in Austin. And a food truck out of the food. Man, anyway. Uh, he sent me a he sent me a, a a a video of like making a sandwich some kind of sandwich deal with uncooked ramen and and a block of cheese what it looked like white people have got to stop trying to make things with ramen with uncooked ramen by the way like I did we report on that in this podcast where they had the thing where they were trying to fix the they were trying to fix the kit, the, the the bathroom sink. Yeah, we, with uncooked ramen instead of actual like plaster. Yeah, and we shit. saw that. We yeah, that's gross. That's some wild shit. 
Hey, can I, track can I throw in one last second? Yeah. Because this just came across my bulletin. What you got? This is reporting from CNN. Um, Columbus, Ohio. Oh, shit. This is good, though. Um, Columbus City Council voted Monday to pay a $475,000 settlement to an African-American policeman after the officer, a 28-year veteran, okay. says he faced retaliation for reporting racism and other misconduct by a superior. Oh, shit. So the black man reported racism by his superior. Um, they tried to retaliate. And he got paid almost half a million dollars. A half milli. The price went up. The price just went up. And he's not the only one. There are a few others out there that have filed discrimination lawsuits as well. So. Oh, oh, Columbus, Ohio, going to keep the checkbook. They <laughs> coming for that. That checkbook working overtime, baby. The price just went, went up. We gotta, fi- we gotta figure out, a, we gotta figure out a soundbite for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how that's how it works, man. Especially, especially if you're gonna be a black police officer in Ohio. Woo. In Columbus, Ohio. God damn! I I tell you, I don't I don't know what the mood usually. My editor uh, at Black Nerd Problems is from Ohio. I don't think he's Columbus. Scott Woods, who got flowers last week, Mm -hmm. is uh, from Columbus, Ohio. I think he I think he writes for a publication called Columbus Alive. Uh, He writes for several. He's he's written for several publications. You can find this shit in a lot of places. But um, I don't know what the mood is out there. I don't know what the gentrification's like out there. I can tell you that from my little knowledge of Columbus, Ohio, it cannot be fun to be a, pl- a black police officer. It can't be fun to uh, probably view bullshit happening every five seconds. And good for him for standing up. Um, yeah. Because that is not an easy thing to do, in all seriousness. That can't be an easy thing to do. Um, I know there's a certain danger when you take on the badge. But at the same time, for a black police officer, who I'm sure probably had the had the best of intentions for his for uh, uh, being a, an integral part of protecting his own community, mm-hmm. that because we hear about this all the time, where people that see something and have families are harassed, right. are run out of their job, or worse, done physical harm. And that's got to be scary. And that's got to be... I don't know if he has a family or what. That's got to be scary for a family man. Take um, that half meal and get the fuck out. And get the fuck out of Dodge. No bullshit. Um, so, definitely salute to him. Salute to him. Um, may he... May he take his newfound... His newfound wealth and best health. And get the fuck out of Dodge. And um, buy one of these cheap little islands. You know what I'm saying? Buy an island. Cops can't find you there. Um, send your racist stories, your real-life racist encounters, along with your listener letters, questions for myself and D. Randall, or any guests we may have to uh, opinionswhileblack at gmail.com. Or log on to opinionswhileblack.com, and you'll find yourself able to get in touch with us through any of our social medias via Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We'll be right back with your listener letters in the top three STFUs. You are listening to Houston's Most Savage Podcast. Pour up. Alright. And we are back. We are back. 
<laughs> we are opinionated, and yeah, I'm feeling it. Feeling good on the Monday I'm, night. I'm glad I had something to eat. <laughs> I'm glad I worked out earlier today. You don't give a fuck right now. Because I don't, I don't give a fuck at this point. Um, uh, all literally all that all that Maker's Mark I poured was at the bottom of this fucking <laughs> soda, this big gulp shit, and wow. Um, it's time for your listener letters. Uh, this week we have we only have one from Keith Cooper, yeah. who asks, "Does ver- does early voting suck in your part of the world? Enough locations, long lines, etc." Okay, not so bad. It it has not been bad at not, all. Not bad at all. Um, the, the lines move fairly quickly, and this is like, and uh, for for me, this is like downtown. Mm, yeah, we we have a in, in Houston especially. We have a ton. Yeah. Of early voting locations, and people have been using them. And they've been using them because yeah. Texas early voting has been astronomical. Yeah. I'm, which I'm excited about, and also kind of scared. Well. Because the climate I, here has not improved. I'm more optimistic in Harris County. Like Harris County. Oh, Harris County. Yeah. Harris County is, you know, broken records. Like in, in all the, the, the major cities which um, have seen a change in demographic over yep. the last decade, uh, they've all experienced record voting. I would call us purple. Yeah. Harris County. I would call Blurple. Purple. Yeah. yeah. Blue black. Leaning, leaning towards. Yeah. Blurple. Leaning towards blue, but yeah. it's still purple. It's blurple. Yeah, blurple. Um, but it, it's um, we we've always had a ton of early voting locations, which is the reason why I, I um, with the exception of two thousand eight and two thousand twelve, I, I normally do early voting. Two thousand eight, two thousand twelve. I wanted the experience of actually voting on that day, right? Intentionally. Um, and one of the reasons is I, I I live in Sunnyside, and I I usually like to vote at the Sunnyside Multi Service Center. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is you know Sunnyside for for those of you who don't know, is the the oldest and largest historically black neighborhood on the south side of Houston, and many of the people here are older, and it, I think it's just kind of dope to kind of see that generation come out and vote. Right. In, in whatever condition they're in, and this year was no different. Uh, when I went out, and it, and like like I said, there there were no lines for me when my wife my wife went and voted in a location not too far from here as well, and she was she was in and out immediately. But with that said, there was there were a lot of people. There was a ton of activity. There's there's a ton of excitement around it. Um, and I, I just I just love it because I, I know that there even speaking to some of the older. I grew up in this neighborhood, so speaking to a lot of the older people in the neighborhood who remember a time where black people could not cast a vote. Right. And they make it a point, like a lot of them, unless they're, unless they're disabled, a lot of them make it a point to actually go and vote in person uh, so that they can physically like exercise the act of, of right. submitting that ballot. Piss these uh, white folks off in person. Yeah, and, and and not just that. Like it's 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 like symbolically they did something they could not do, and so they're just they're just like as long as I am able to, I am going to stand up and walk in and 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 do it because it was something that was not given to me 
you know, a lifetime ago, a lifetime ago. Also, I want to make these white people nervous in person. Because you, you know, you know, these proud boys and shit, they want to go around. And I, I don't know if the I don't know if the King Street Patriots is still a thing around here in Houston, but uh, the last I think the last couple of election cycles they were, and I I wish. I want you to come stand over me. They're not coming. They're not, they're not coming to Sunnyside. They're not. They're not coming to Hiram Park, which is another I, reason why I love voting in the hood. Like I that. double dog dare you come stand over my shit. I, I you will meet somebody. Else. See, that's the problem with these with these uh, with these bullies and all this voter suppression. They haven't picked the right ones. Yeah, they go to they they go to those culturally diverse places. Where people don't know what the fuck they're doing, they gonna set. They think they gonna set some shit off. The woodlands, the, the, right? The woodlands, fucking uh, Katie. I want you to come to where I'm at, Mm-mm. stand over me, so I can slap the shit out of you in person. I want you. I want you. I want that look. You know, I, I, this is one of those times when it's okay to use your stereotype for good. Mm-hmm. When I walk in there, I want to look at which white people are nervous. I want to look them <laughs> in the eye. And see which white people are nervous. Pray to God I run into a King Street Patriot. Get the fuck out of my face. I because I first of all the King Street Patriots are like the Kappas. I haven't met one over five seven. I haven't. None of them could whip my ass. The Proud Boys. I ain't met a Proud Boy over five seven. So they're just so it's just like watching the Kappas try to intimidate you. I ain't never seen a big. I. I ain't never seen a a a, 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 a swole kappa, <laughs> not one. Shout out to Billy Sorrells. I ain't never seen a swole kappa. I've never seen an intimidating. I know intimidating niggas dressed like candy canes, spinning their candy cane around like man. Get the fuck out of here. Your ass down. TSU, especially shout out to TSU kappas. Grown men on swing sets. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you how old I am. I remember that shit. Damn. <laughs> they got the they got the they got the little monogrammed handkerchiefs instead of the sweat rag, <laughs> and they don't wipe the sweat. They just dab it. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. Um. So I hope that answered your question properly. <laughs> um. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was fun. No problems. Um. I'm very excited. I'm I'm nervous because. 2020 is still 2020. Yep. But I'm also excited about the possibility. I'm excited that people are, despite all the negativity and all the naysayers and all the, you know, lesser of two evils is still evil niggas. Um, I'm excited about people standing up and taking and, per- and participating at what I think is the, the telltale, uh, sign of being in America is can you um, participate in your political process. Yeah. I will say the one slight difference is four years ago, I remember four years ago, voting four years ago, people they kind of, they just kind of sauntered into the, the the voting station. They were just kind of like... It was a walk in the park, they thought. Well, no, no, no. I mean, no, they were, they were actually kind of like... Eh. I guess I gotta do it. Right. Fuck it. This year, niggas would get out their cars with a purpose, like There's urgency. Yeah, like I'm. Sh- 
I'm going up in this bitch. And double dog dare you to suppress my shit. Yeah. Coming in with their kids. Like, no, nah, we're not going home till we vote. That's right. Cause shit. And, 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 you know, camera phones are a thing. Mm-hmm. They, will put, they will put your ass on YouTube fast. Yep. Um, you know, and you, can, and you can see the intensity in the white people. I just saw a video. I don't know if I sent that to you. From that shit in Crockett, Texas, where the where they wrongfully arrested that man mm-hmm. in front of his family, yeah, and left them kids crying in the car. And listen, that was some crazy shit. I, I'm not gonna talk. I'm not gonna talk yeah. too much about that. I'm gonna get mad. But um, yeah, I saw. I, I think there's definitely more urgency. People are are not taking this for granted. Uh-huh. Like this is a walk in the park. Um, we know what's at stake. Um, we know what we got to do. And hopefully this carries over into midterms and people getting more involved in the political process locally. Mm-hmm. Um, showing up at these city hall meetings and, you know, these laws that get these laws that get passed that people act like they don't know mm-hmm. about until until they show up in a BuzzFeed article. Yes. And, um, and holding your politicians accountable whether you voted for them or not. Right. Right. It, it takes more than going hashtag he ain't my president. Yeah. Um. So with that, thank you, Keith, for your question. Y'all know what to do. Opinionswhileblack.com. Opinionswhileblack at gmail.com. That's how you get in touch with us. Uh, it's time for the top three STFUs. Who are the top three people in America that need to shut the fuck up? Shut up! Uh, we have we have a couple runners up. Jennifer Lopez is a runner up. What? Oh man, Jennifer Lopez running around saying she a black girl from the Bronx. La Negrita del Bronx? Um, yeah, man, listen. I love J Lo. I really do. I can admit to some J Lo some J Lo movies that I actually enjoyed. Uh oh. not just Selena, but yes, Selena as well. Um listen. I realize that there's a divide in the culture right now about who gets to call themselves black, who gets to identify as black, who gets to identify in the culture. Um, things about uh, Afro-Latina versus uh, versus white Latina versus, you know. And I do think that we focus too much on where the boat dropped us off <laughs> as opposed to where we got on the boat. Yeah. However... We have to factor in the climate. J-Lo, you got to read the room. Got to read it. White passing white passing Latinas are not popular in saying that they're black. Also, why now? That's another thing. You sure did do a whole slew of rap videos in the early 2000s where this never came up. Well, she did say nigga that one time. And she got dragged. And got dragged for it. So That should have let her know. Why would you think this is okay? <laughs> and I realize this is a monster that we created and mm-hmm. how welcome we, we are to certain people uh, in the culture. Because we have to have a... One of these days we're going to have to have the Mariah Carey talk. Well, one day. Today and today. One day we got to have the Mariah Carey talk. Ain't she half black? <laughs> One day, today, today. Having said that, J Lo got a reaper room. You can't say shit like that right now. To the ass though. 
She bad. She's still bad. She's still... A-Rod, A-Rod don't give a fuck what she is. He knocking the bottom out that thing. A-Rod was like, oh, you black? <laughs> shit. <laughs> okay, shit. I guess I'm dating a black woman. I guess I fuck black girls. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Uh-oh. A-Rod, I, I always tell people, A-Rod looked like, he looked like one of them dudes that women like, I don't know nothing about nothing. I, whatever that is she talking about, I support her. I don't know nothing she talking about. All I know is I'm knocking the bottom out that thing tonight. <laughs> And and also she can get a Birkin, um, but yeah she got to calm the fuck down. Um, another person got to shut the fuck up is none other than Boyce Watkins. Oh, where has he been? Uh, not far enough. I thought he was shutting the fuck up. Man, he was. I don't know what happened. I don't know why he thought it was cool to come back and start talking again now. I don't know if he knows how mind control works. Uh, Boyce Watkins wrote, he made a Twitter post. I'm not going to read this whole thing because it's stupid. Um, I will read some. I had a thought. I hope I can share it and still be loved. Instead of claiming that any political party dislikes black people, maybe we should be more specific. For example, Republicans don't have an issue with all black people. They have an issue with liberal black people. Democrats don't dislike the entire black community, just those that don't fit with their agenda. I would like to argue that in, that in our effort to regain our humanity, freedom of perspective, and natural diversity, we stop allowing outside political groups to claim blackness as their own. So right here, he's having two different discussions. The first discussion is about political groups uh, claiming blackness as their own. Neither, neither political party gets to do that, and the discourse that's happening among people that, don't, that aren't excited about voting proves exactly that we are not allowing either of these people to claim blackness as their own. Nobody thinks that. Nobody thinks that. The The more important part of this, uh, quote, Republicans don't have an issue with all black people. They have an issue with liberal black people. Um, let me be very clear in what that's saying. Um, if, if any Republicans have an issue with all black people, which we know some of them do, and you belong to that party or you identify quote with that party you're complicit you are complicit hence you have a problem with all black people too either because that's the that's the thing we learned from the from how people voted for trump either you're a racist or racism ain't a deal breaker for you which is just as bad boyce watkins gotta stop trying to throw these throw these motherfuckers bail the Google AdSense dollars ain't paying that much. <laughs> Boyce Watkins, you you can't go from being the nigga the, from being so pro black, you the nigga who co invented hidden colors, to turn around and trying to throw some white people some bail because they because they shot you some donation money. That's that's some they're fine people on both sides type shit. Suck my dick, Boyce Watkins. Uh, you definitely gotta shut the fuck up. And that brings us to our actual top three. Number three is Amari Hardwick. Oh, what is what does Spider Verse Joe Budden have to say? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh, so Amari <laughs> Hardwick, um, uh, light skinned Morris Chestnut, <laughs> um. 
basically said that he had got turned down for a role recent that he that he had been turned down for a role early on in his career because they said he was too good looking. Let me let me go ahead and clear it up for you. No no one turns you down for a role because you're too good looking. That's never happened. Never they turned you down for a role because you're a terrible actor. <laughs> I I I don't I don't know how many seasons power has it, or if it's still on the air, how many seasons it's been on the air. They're on Power Book Two. Oh shit. Um don't, Gary J. Blige and Method Man are in this just to let you know. Don't don't judge um don't judge your self worth or your ability to act <laughs> due to the fact that you uh, appeared in a series executive produced by fifty cent. This isn't a Scorsese joint. You, know you don't have because you don't have anything else on your on your resume as of this point. No, you're the dude. You're actually the dude that got replaced by Morris Chestnut and Kick Ass. Damn! I shit you not. I did not know that. I ain't never seen. I ain't, when your acting is so bad, they do a reverse Aunt Viv. Ooh! <laughs> Damn! <laughs> I ain't never seen that before. They, they always go lighter. They always go lighter. You have to be a trash actor for them to go darker. You have to. That means, which which is sad, because that means, technically, he is the Janet Hubert of that situation. <laughs> oh, man. How do you get reverse on Viv? You know, now that Girlfriends is, is on Netflix... Everybody's talking about how no, how everybody talked about the Aunt Viv thing, but nobody talked about how uh, Maya's baby daddy they they Aunt Vived him. They went from Flex Alexander to Khalil Kane. Damn, they sure did. They, <laughs> that's that's some cold shit. Damn. You know, and and everybody's excited that One on One is 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 on Netflix now, yeah. but. My generation still ain't forgave Flex Alexander for that Michael Jackson fuckery. Uh, oh. <laughs> it hurts, doesn't it? It hurts. It, it, hurts. Was, it was so bad because I thought I thought it was I thought it was satire at first. <laughs> I was like, oh no, he really is. Oh, it was bad. It was really bad. Didn't Ray Fine like play Michael Jackson also? I don't think I don't know if that ever came. I mean, it, it was supposed to happen. I don't know if it ever actually developed. I know that I know that that was a big deal that, that he was playing light skinned Michael Jackson, Ray Fiennes, Voldemort. <laughs> I wonder if they watched Harry Potter and saw him as Voldemort and said, "Yeah, him." Yeah. I don't see any difference. Yeah, that's 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 gonna be the that's gonna be the episode cover. I don't I, I don't know if that went anywhere actually. I don't. Oh shit! Yeah. That's oh a, hell no! That's how bad that shit looked. <laughs> oh my god, that is awful. That, that is ugh. Oh my goodness. Anyway, all that to come back around to say, Amari Hardwick got to shut the fuck up. Keep let keep getting his uh. His keep getting his little power uh, uh, royalty checks or whatever that is, and just chill out and shut the fuck up. Shut up! Just be glad that you were a part of something that lasted more than eight episodes. Damn. Something that Marcus Houston <laughs> or Ray J can't say. Um, number two is CNBC. 
CNBC wrote an article after the after the debate about how because um, in the debate uh, Joe Biden definitely said that um, he was going to be taxing people making more than four hundred thousand dollars, which is why uh, Fifty Cent decided he was voting for Trump. And CNBC wrote an article that basically that that basically said that. Um, Four hundred thousand uh, dollars, if you live in a city, in a big city, really isn't that much money. I mean, it takes a lot of creative accounting to decide that four hundred thousand dollars a year isn't wealth. When we are on the verge of economic collapse, we were actually just coming out of a recession in the Obama in the uh, Obama administration. And we're probably, because um, the GOP couldn't get their shit together um, to come up with a stimulus, and they're probably going to go on another like month or two, two month long break because of the holidays. Um, we're probably looking at another recession. Shit, let me hold that. Um, it takes some creative accounting to decide that $400,000 isn't doing well. That's, that's the definition of trying too hard. Like when you when you're trying to argue, first of all, when you're trying to argue against regular broke niggas like us, that you know what, uh, maybe you shouldn't tax them on that 400k because it it, it really doesn't go as far as you think it does. It goes a lot farther than what I'm making right now. It goes a lot farther than what a lot of people are making right now. Um, if you make over 250, if you make over 250 thousand, you're already in the top one percent. I don't think I've made four hundred thousand dollars in the past five years, um, which is why whoever came up with that post on social media talking about how old were you when you started making more than fifteen dollars an hour, suck my dick. Eat a black owned dick. Eat a whole black owned dick. Eat a minimum wage dick. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. And the people that were flexing. About how uh, about how I haven't made that I I haven't made fifteen dollars an hour since my early twenties. Fuck you too. Suck a dick. Um. Anyway, CNBC. I don't know if this is. I don't know if y'all were just if y'all were just in a rush uh, to have something out post debate for the deadline for a deadline. I don't know how late it was, and I don't know how much CBD oil you put in your coffee. To come up with such creative numbers, but you gotta shut the fuck up too. Shut up! Content um, for the sake of content. Content, just, I've learned that there is a market for people that don't know shit about shit. Uh, a just recently debuted podcast that I will not name has taught me that there is a market and there are there's a, a readily available audience for people who proudly don't know shit about shit. Nothing. Uh, and people will consume it, not because they take these people's opinions seriously, but because people like a train wreck. Oh, Fox News. Exactly. Very good. <laughs> CNBC, don't be Fox News. You're better than that. To, to quote Ryan Gosling in Crazy Stupid Love, be better than The Gap. Be better than The Gap. <laughs> and the number one person who should shut the fuck up, ladies and gentlemen, um... New York's New York's greatest supervillain of the past twenty years, Rudolph Giuliani. Wow. Uh, Rudy Giuliani. Now, 
Borat had a sequel. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. You know the content is drying up, but we got another Borat. I and no and and, and Randall watched it. I, I have did. not. I can't bring myself. I can't bring myself to admit to watching a, another Borat movie in 2020. Uh, it, it was only okay to be honest. It was. It was exactly what you what you thought it would be. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to speak too much about it. I don't know. Uh, how, I just don't know. How, I, it's the. It feels like the well should be running dry for Sasha Baron Cohen. And and you can kind of see it in this. Like most of his previous outings featured like a lot of pranks and a lot of right him fucking over people who don't know who he is. And immediately at the beginning of this one, people are like, oh shit, it's Borat. We know you. <laughs> are you doing a movie? And it's like, oh shit. He's like the he's like the he's like the David Blaine of 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 uh, reality comedy. Like you know, he's like this weird mixture of David Blaine and Will Ferrell. And the and the well ran dry for Will Ferrell in that lane a long time yeah. ago. Uh, so I don't know how I feel. I'll, I'll probably give it a little look. Yeah. But anyway, to say all just that, skip to the end. Rudy Giuliani uh, got caught up in a prank, uh, in which apparently it's been so long. Borat has a daughter. Yeah. Borat has a daughter that, um, if, if I'm getting this right, you can jump in. Mm -hmm. uh, invited Ruli Giuliani up to her hotel for a her hotel room for a drink for for an interview for so, an interview. So she she was posing as a as a report or a journalist of some type of programming, and they booked an interview with him, and they met in um, in a hotel suite. Okay, I believe. It was a hotel suite. I mean, they had... A, not that uncommon. Not not uncommon at all. I mean, it was very professional, very yeah. very well done. Um, at some point, Sasha Baron Cohen, as a character within a character, came in, interrupted the interview, and the daughter, who, in real life, she's in her 20s, but her character is 15. Jesus. Um, in this movie. And she invites... Rudy Giuliani to a bedroom like yeah, no this guy's kind of fucking everything up can we we just need to go to my let's go to my bedroom have a drink and just kind of unwind or whatever and when they go in there you know and, and the whole time Rudy is making like the daughter invited him for a drink invited him for a drink okay and even before then during the interview portion like Rudy was making some he was making some inappropriate comments towards her it's especially assuming that she's a professional journalist and at some point in the room, like, she's removing the mic from his shirt. Right. And he lays down on the bed and just basically just starts fondling himself. And that's when... <laughs> that's when Borat comes in with, like, a thong on. What? And was like... He's like, yeah, you know, she's only 15. If you want to get with an adult, I'm here. You know, like, he basically, like, really wow. fucking with him. And Rudy ran off down the hall. Everything. Let me uh, tell you something. Just off of that, let me tell you something. I've always known Rudy, and maybe this is because I, I hang out with New Yorkers too much. I knew, I knew Rudy Giuliani didn't have it all upstairs when I saw him get out of his limo and he got out on the street side in New York. In traffic. In, tra in, 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 in traffic or out of traffic, it don't matter. In New York. The, the unspoken rule is you don't get out on the street side because 
even if it's, there's not traffic per se, there's all that lane is all it has all kind of like bike messengers and shit coming by. Yeah, and that's how bike messengers apparently legitimately get fucked up all the time. Yeah, people not looking when they open the you door. You open that door and it's just you, you always scoot over, and you get out on the on the the, the sidewalk side. And so I knew he wasn't right then. Then I went on to keep not knowing that he wasn't right. When it turned out he married his cousin. Second cousin. No, no, <laughs> no. Karen from Mean Girls pulled that shit. No. And nobody else should. No. Cousin. Married his cousin. Um, oh, it's a second cousin and we're Jewish so it doesn't matter. Shut up. Shut up. Cousin. Stop it. Cousin. Cousin. Blood relative. Fuck you. Rudy Giuliani is a supervillain among supervillains in New York. And I think this has only taken his uh, supervillain rating, approval rating up into the high 90s. <laughs> um, this, is, this is what we've come to expect from Donald Trump's administration. This is the kind of fuckery. If Barack Obama... First, no, 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 let me, let, me, let me go back. Wait a minute, wait a minute. A 15-year-old girl invited you somewhere for a drink. As a politician, as a career politician, the answer is immediately no. Right. The answer is immediately no. We can go somewhere else and conduct this interview and finish the interview, and I'll, I'll, be, happy to give, I'll be happy to give you a couple of quotes off the record. Whatever. There's a way to spin that. It's not let's go have a drink when a 15-year-old girl asks you. Hmm. No matter how grown she looks, no matter how fucking nasty you are, you nasty fuck. Let me repeat that. You are Marcus Houston levels of nasty. Damn. Um, second of all, he has gone back to try to say, first he tried to say that he was in on the joke. No. No. Because let me tell you something. Even if that was believable, which it is not. Is that really the kind of joke that you should be in on as a politician, as a professional career politician? As the personal lawyer to the President of the United States. No other human being in politics anywhere could get away with that. If Barack Obama, if this were 2008 and Barack Obama said that he was going, that he went back to have a drink with a 15-year-old girl and ended up reaching in his pants and pulling his dick out as a joke... They would be calling for not only his impeachment, they would be calling for him to be executed. He would have been publicly executed. By firing squad. They, they wouldn't have those anymore. They would have drawn and quartered him. Real talk. <laughs> real talk. Shit would have turned into Lovecraft country real fast. <laughs> so no. No, there's no excuse for that. And then turn around and talk about, well, I was just tucking my shirt in. Why are you on a bed with a 15-year-old girl? They have chairs in those hotel rooms. Right. Comfortable chairs. You should never be sitting on the bed at any point with a 15-year-old girl for any reason. Rudy Giuliani, you are you are a nasty you are a nasty fuck. You are the nasty, lecherous, debaucherous fuck, inbred motherfucker who is every who is who this moment in time represents what American politics has devolved to mm -hmm. in the era of Trump. That this, and the fact that this isn't even the worst thing happening in the news. This isn't the... T if this were 2009, 2008, this would be the top story mm -hmm. on every TV screen. 
that Barack Obama was in within was within three feet of a fifteen year old girl. They would alone. Have, they would have reneged on the election. We'll talk. Giving it to Mitt Romney. <laughs> And rewritten the Constitution <laughs> to not allow any more black people to run for office. Ever. It'd be a wrap. They'd have, they'd have shut all this shit down. You talk, y'all talk about a race war. It'd be a race war that day. Fuck out of here. Really, Giuliani, you are the worst. You are the worst thing that New York has ever produced. Well. Well. <laughs> I'm sure that's at least one Dipset member that's... I, 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 I was going to say the man that he works for. Well, that's true, too. Okay. You're the second worst. You're the second worst next to um, uh, Cinnamon the Monopoly Man. Wow. Shut the fuck up, Rudy Giuliani. Go fuck yourself. Shut up! D. Randall, have we done a podcast? We have done 111 of them. We've done 111 podcasts. Team Oz, as always, thank you so much for your continued support of the Opinions Wild Black family. Um, please keep, please, you've been doing, you've been doing great, getting the word out. Uh, please continue to tell a friend to tell a friend about Opinions Wild Black about what we're doing. Um, we need diverse content, and diverse content needs uh, word of mouth involved, uh, savvy audiences like yourself. <laughs> Buy merch. There's merch. Yes. Opinionswildblack.threadless.com And there will be new merch this Friday. This Friday there will be new merch. Um, everybody's got to take a little break. Yeah. Everybody's got to take a little creative break. Um, there will be new merch this Friday. Uh, please keep your eyes open for that. We're going to have a sale coming up very soon. There will be more details on that on your social medias as follows. Oh, uh, yeah. Um... We'll be until, uh, but until then, till all that, we'll be back next week with more foolishness and fuckery. You have experienced episode one hundred and eleven of Opinions Wild Black. Yes, I have been Oz. I am still D. Randall. And as always, in parting, titties.